You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. And this week's topic, did your sweetie get you a lab-grown diamond this Valentine's? Here's what you might need to know about whether it's really all that sustainable. Plus, drought conditions lead to a 40% below normal level for BC Hydro Reservoir levels and what that means for BC. Margareta, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. Great to be here, man, Karen. So, Margareta, how did you spend your Valentine's Day? The most romantic way of all, surrounded by my colleagues for an event on carbon capture. And yes, that's right. ResourceWorks actually put on a reception last night on the edge of the Globe Sustainability Conference that's uh, happening in Vancouver this week. Uh, we wanted to dive into an important part of the overall sustainability agenda around the world right now, and that's car- capturing the carbon that we put into the atmosphere. Uh, we know that's the thing that's uh, largely driving climate change. There's a few other inputs, too. But uh, new technologies have come out, and many of them are being uh, developed uh, or innovated uh, right here in Canada and B.C. Uh, to address this issue uh, in a variety of forms, everything from direct air capture technologies all the way through to uh, biological systems-based uh, carbon sequestration. Um, so we wanted to hear from a couple of the uh, incredible innovators that are working on this problem locally, and uh, did a little bit of presentations, pretty short. Uh, uh, folks were telling us about uh, how they've been uh, not only developing uh, these exciting new innovations, but also how they are bringing them to market and ensuring that they represent uh, an incredible economic opportunity for Canada and for British Columbia. Uh, but, you know, I gather many people did something a little bit different last night, and uh, many would have taken their romantic partners out for an evening on the town. And uh, that, you know, reminds me of a couple of key pieces. You know, if you got your sweetie flowers, or they got you flowers, um, you know, they either were grown in a heated greenhouse uh, somewhere locally uh, or close enough, and uh, that would have required a good amount of energy inputs. Typically, natural gas is used in uh, greenhouses for that purpose, uh, or they were transported from a great distance. Uh, being uh, grown in a warmer climate, and that would have required energy inputs in that process. Uh, Maybe you took them to a BC restaurant, um, and I certainly hope uh, you enjoyed some hot, tasty food on uh, this uh, cold uh, week that we're having, Uh, and uh, that would have required energy in that production. And then, of course, jewelry. Uh, Well, that is a common gift for Valentine's. Uh, Maybe not everyone, but uh, I have certainly seen a couple of uh, posts from friends that uh, either they popped the question or... uh, you know, presented their sweetie with a nice commemoration of their uh, their love and their life together. Um, and uh, on that topic, mining really certainly comes in, uh, whether it's precious metals, precious gems, or something in between. Um, so lots to discuss there, but uh, lots of uh, reminders of the way we rely on responsible development of natural resources to not only keep our daily lives going, but to also commemorate those special occasions. And on the topic of jewelry, what's been going on in the world of precious gems anyways? Well, we're seeing a new trend. Uh, lots of demand for lab-grown diamonds, and that's really been taking off. Um, new generation of consumers is uh, quite keen to uh, lean into what they see as sustainability benefits. Um, but uh, before I explain that, I think it's worth asking why diamonds uh, even came to be seen as a very precious gem. Look, they have real value when it comes to industrial applications. And diamonds are formed under extreme pressure and heat. Uh, Carbon uh, in that form transforms into stunning crystalline structures um, that actually are the hardest naturally occurring substance found on Earth. So that makes them pretty integral as tools, uh, especially when really hard materials are being worked with in any manufacturing context. 
but in the early 1900s, De Beers, the mining company, an iconic name uh, in diamonds, invested in one of the most effective marketing campaigns of all time. So they had control over the largest mines on Earth. Um, South Africa was their base. And as a result, they effectively had a monopoly on the market. Uh, so increasing the perceived value of their product enabled them to not only uh, you know, tap into the strategic benefits of having a monopoly, but to uh, deliver a massive additional investment return. Uh, and one of the key pieces in that was convincing a whole generation of consumers, uh, principally in North America and Europe. Hello? Looks like we've lost our connection with Margareta. Hopefully she will give us a call back. Hey, Margareta, we got you back. It was maybe uh, my phone sticker shock there. That's uh, the all good. Uh, personally, I'm uh, not the kind of person that would typically be the one to have to buy one for my romantic partner, but uh, uh, maybe maybe I should be expecting one. <laughs> um, and uh, no, it's, it's totally right. There, there is a perceived investment value, um, but the numbers do show that on resale, you could even lose 50% of, uh, of what you pay up front. Uh, and part of this uh, great marketing uh, trick that De Beers played on uh, North America consumers uh, was convincing us that uh, used diamonds were the worst thing possible. No, no, it had to be uh, a new one to really signal your love. Um, but I think the real question is, do they reflect the value of your love or do they reflect the value of your partner's bank account and credit limits? Um, so, you know, in this sense, uh, there's always been a, you know, for the last uh, decade, last couple of decades, a lot of pressure on, uh, on folks to, to make a big purchase in that vein. But consumer preferences are changing. The cost certainly has something to do with it. Uh, and buyers from the millennial and Generation Z generations um, are also looking at ethical issues in the production of diamonds around the world. Uh, you know, places like Canada that are diamond producers tend to do this really well uh, with benefits for local communities and strong environmental frameworks. Uh, some places where diamonds are mined in the world, not so great. Uh, there's uh, profound questions about uh, what kind of labor is used. Is it compensated? Is it fair labor practices? Is it safe for workers? Uh, and also sustainability. How are they mining it? Are they taking care of the planet and the local ecosystem and they do, as they do it? Uh, so, of course, uh, replicating the same process that occurs over millions of years to make natural diamonds um, has been a really tempting opportunity for those who have the lab equipment and the ability to grow these diamonds uh, artificially at scale to sell to consumers and meet some of this uh, demand that was created by, by De Beers back in the 1900s. So it must be an easy sustainability solution to switch to this alternative, right? Well, not so fast. Um, the energy inputs are massive, and that has to come from somewhere. When it takes millions of years, it's uh, the heat and the, the pressure that's uh, deep, deep in the earth. And uh, then over time, those uh, diamonds uh, surface up, and uh, then we, we get to, to mine them in deposits. Um, if you're doing that in a lab, uh, you're using a lot of electricity. You're using uh, energy to apply heat, to apply force. Um, and that has to come from somewhere. And there was a recent investigation by Fortune, uh, an outlet uh, online, that uh, tried to dig into some of these vague sustainability claims that this new industry is uh, coasting off of. And don't get me wrong, there are some producers of lab-grown diamonds that uh, can actually certify uh, why they consider it sustainable. They can talk about their ESG reports. Um, they can uh, measure against uh, other benchmarks. They can point to how they're offsetting carbon emissions in the production of these, uh, these lab-grown diamonds. Uh, but that's not exactly a standard. And uh, indeed, most of the lab-grown diamonds that uh, you find on the market today are made uh, by companies operating in India and China. They are the leading producers. 
And the reality is that a lot of the power generation in those countries is coal-fired. So, yes, you may be getting a rock that's a little bit less expensive or a lot more expensive. Uh, It might look just as good. Um, It probably won't have uh, the same value. That's sort of one consideration. Uh, But the other one is it may have a much higher environmental cost in terms of the emissions from coal-fired power generation that goes into making it uh, than your average consumer who sold on the sustainability claims might expect. So that's a real thing to consider as you look for gifts to mark those special occasions. And what's the latest from BC Hydro on our electricity system? Yeah, so speaking of energy, um, this year we have uh, pretty low snowpack. Uh, our reserves in the hydroelectric dams that uh, we rely on to support our energy and electrical system here in BC uh, are pretty low, 40% lower, as you said, uh, than, uh, than average. Um, and, of course, if we thought it was bad last year where we uh, imported a record amount of electricity, um, it's very likely it's going to be worse this year, uh, leaving us more reliant on our neighbors. And, of course, if they're facing similar considerations, um, you know, if they're using hydroelectric and they're also facing drought conditions, um, that might make uh, high prices more uh, untenable for everyone. Everyone would be paying a little bit more. Uh, and overall, we're a jurisdiction that historically has had electricity in abundance relative to our needs. Uh, that's why it's some of the cheapest electricity in the world uh, that enables consumers to enjoy a high quality of life and also allows for businesses uh, and industries that use this electricity to uh, get it at a rate that's affordable so they can continue to make investment and create jobs. Um, so there's lots of knock-on benefits, um, but uh, a real risk as well that uh, we don't only pay more, but that we're just left with not enough down the line if these kinds of trends broadly continue. And what are ways that BC can offset the risk this poses to energy reliability? Well, there's two components. Uh, there's adding new generation and other sources. And uh, the provincial government is looking at this. Um, they're putting out uh, in April a call for power. Uh, BC Hydro is doing that, uh, which is a crown corporation owned uh, by the Secretary of British Columbia. And uh, the minister, uh, Mr. Julie Osborne, said that, quote, throughout this drought in 2023, BC Hydro has been planning in real time to be able to account for this, taking steps like being able to import large amounts of electricity so we can reserve water to be used for energy production during the winter. And uh, that's the the minister, of course, talking about that. Um, The other component, though, is looking closely at new demand and what's driving it. Uh, We can't fend off, and we shouldn't, population growth. That's the driver of this. Um, But we may actually want to consider how readily we can meet our own decarbonization targets by using going electric as a way to do it. Really what that means is uh, governments are making decisions that force consumers uh, make it more expensive to, uh, to do things that rely on fossil fuel-based uh, energy systems, whether that's home heating, hot water, uh, cooking at home, uh, transportation, both your car, buses, ferries, etc. Um, so all of these things, uh, when you push uh, going electric, uh, actually lead to a lot more demand. So we have less capacity because of uh, conditions uh, related to climate change. We have um, not as much being built uh, to add new generation. And then on top of that, uh, we have a huge amount of demand. Uh, One of those is a little bit easier to control than the others. So that's definitely room for thought, uh, food for thought. And uh, I hope that uh, the provincial government uh, looks closely at pragmatic solutions that will enable us to uh, adequately plan for our future and uh, continued economic growth as a province in the country. Margareta, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. All the best.